0: Well, for the next few Sundays, we shall be, God willing, looking at the book of Jude. Let's just pray. As we used to pray before we read our Bibles at quiet time. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Amen. There are three short books, which nestle together at the end of the New Testament, just before Revelation. Two written by John, his second and third epistles, followed by the one written to Jude. Those written by John were probably written around A.D. eighty-five to ninety, while that by Jude more likely to have been written around AD 66 before the destruction of the temple. As we shall see there are similarities between Jude and 2nd Peter in their respective concerns for the believers and the acceptance and dangers of false teachers which were permeating through the churches of God. Some believe that Jude was probably written after the death of Peter. Who is Jude, the writer of this short letter? Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. It seems to be generally accepted that Jude was a half-brother of Jesus Christ and therefore obviously brother of James. It appears that in the early church there was only one James who could be referred to in this way without further elaboration such as James the Lord's brother. Look also at Matthew 13 verse 55, Mark 6 verse 3 and Acts 1 13. As to whom this short, but nonetheless important epistle was written and directed, there are some differences of opinion. Some think that it may have been written to the churches of Asia Minor, as was the book of Second Peter, something we will look at later. Others think, perhaps, that it was directed to the believers in Palestine, would have been familiar with the bits of Jewish history in the book. Whichever it was we are glad that it was written for our edification and our help as we traverse this present evil world. One of the main themes in this book is the need to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It was necessary for Jude to emphasize this. And it was necessary for him then, centuries ago, to exhort faithful men to earnestly contend for the faith how much more necessary it is today. So let us read just the short uh, salutation from this man who was weighed down with the situation within the churches. Jude chapter 1. Well, there's only one chapter. Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied that's all we we'll read read just for the moment he calls himself Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. Remembering his family connection, the servant, the bondslave, one who gives himself wholly to another's will. And he is saying, I am that bondslave of Jesus Christ. And then he states to whom he is writing. To them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Now I doubt that he is thinking of three separate groups of people. Rather one group who enjoy these blessings from God our Father. We will briefly consider this little salutation to them that are sanctified by God the Father. The root meaning of sanctification is separation something set apart for a particular use. We are set apart for the use of God through the Holy Spirit living within us to tell forth the glories of the Son of God by our walk and witness In this world, there's an interesting verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, which may help us to examine this salutation. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Christ Jesus it says God has made unto us in Christ wisdom righteousness sanctification and redemption. When we believe in Christ as our Saviour, by faith, we immediately receive many blessings. We need to be aware of these and through them pass blessings unto others. The first mentioned in this verse is Wisdom. What was the message which Paul preached? few verses back in that chapter of 1st Corinthians chapter 1 verses 23 and 25 we find the answer but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block unto the Greeks foolishness but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. They preach Christ crucified Christ the wisdom of God we have been blessed with the mind of Christ how did this happen? By faith. Verse 30 in First Corinthians chapter 1 goes on. Jesus Christ, who is made by God unto us wisdom, righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So this in this verse we have Christ revealed unto us as wisdom and righteousness. Through the death of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ we have received the righteousness of God in him. How did we receive this? By faith, not by works. Romans 4 verse 6 Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man. Unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. All our self-righteousnesses are as filthy rags in God's sight. So then this verse has wisdom, righteousness and sanctification. Through Jesus Christ. By faith. Through the work of Christ. We are sanctified. Set apart. For the work of God. In my life. Does my life reflect. Any of these blessings. Which we have received by faith. Wisdom. Righteousness. And sanctification. We are separated. When we are born again, we're separated unto Jesus Christ, unto God. And His Spirit will work within us day by day. And lastly, in this verse, we receive redemption through Christ Jesus. So we have wisdom. Righteousness. Sanctification. And redemption. When do we get them? We get them by faith. When we turn to Christ. And we don't just get one of them. When we get one. We get them all. Not by works. But by faith. I wonder why redemption is last in that list from Corinthians. This may be the fact that we await our final redemption at the rapture or when we die. Ephesians 1.13 Christ, in whom ye trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. The salutation goes on. Preserved in Jesus Christ. Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God set apart for the use of God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Psalm 37 verse 28 For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved for ever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints; they are preserved for ever First Peter one verse three, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith Reserved in Jesus Christ. Kept by the power of God to a guaranteed incorruptible inheritance in heaven. Reserved for you and for me. And then it says, and called. And called. It's a hymn we used to sing years ago. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of life's wild, restless sea. Day by day his sweet voice soundeth, saying, Christian, follow me. As of old, apostles herded by the Galilean lake, turned from home and toil and kindred, leaving all for his dear sake. Jesus calls us, from the worship of the vain world's golden store, from each idol that would keep us, saying, Christian, love me more. In our joys and in our sorrows, days of toil and hours of ease, still he calls, in cares and pleasures, Christian, love me More than these. Jesus calls us. By thy mercies. Saviour. May we hear thy call. Give our hearts. To thine obedience. Serve and love thee. Best of all. Christ is calling each one of us. Saying Christian. Love me more. And then verse 2, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Psalm 103 verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto Children's children. The mercy of the Lord. Is from everlasting. To everlasting. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly. Unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help. In time of need. The mercy of the Lord. is such a wonderful concept. On the Ark of the Covenant. You had the mercy seat. Where the blood was sprinkled. It's because of the mercy of God. That Jesus Christ came into the world. To save sinners. And then it says Mercy be unto you and peace. Philippians 4 verse 7 And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. passeth all understanding the peace of God and it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus if we come by faith to the throne of mercy we shall find faith and peace and trust Romans 5 verse 5 And hope that maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Mercy, peace, and the love of God, which is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we receive these by faith. And Jude says, I want you and pray for you that they may be multiplied. All to be multiplied in our lives. Finally, with all these blessings, what should we do? What should be the answer uh, to this salutation in my life and in your life? Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 12 That ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. That we should walk worthy of God. Remember when we were kids in school and we had the school uniform on, we had to behave ourselves as we went out amongst the public. The school wanted us to be worthy of the school. How much more, and on such a wonderful scale, we should be ambassadors. For Jesus Christ, walking worthy of him day by day, Titus 2:12 teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. As I go about my business, I want to make sure that I walk worthy of my Lord and Saviour. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 4, we have a church, the church of Sardis, that hadn't a very good reputation. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that... Hath the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars. I know thy works. That thou hast a name. That thou livest. And art dead. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain. That are ready to die. For I have not found. Thy works perfect. Before God. Remember therefore. How thou hast received, and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come unto thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white. For they are worthy. They had a reputation of being alive, but they were dead. But God says, Repent. There are some, even even in Sardis. A terrible way for God to have to speak. There are some in that church, even in that particular church. But there were some who were worthy. And they were going to walk. With the Lord. He had them. In remembrance. Hold fast. And repent. As we walk through this world. We want to walk. So that God. Will not be ashamed to walk. With us through this world. Titus 2 verse 12. Teaching us. That denying ungodliness. And worldly lusts. We should live soberly. Righteously. And godly. In this present world Revelation 3 again that verse about Sardis thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy oh that God will find us each one worthy to walk with him Romans 5 verses 1 to 5 Therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. O oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Calvary covers it all. My past with its sin and shame, my guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there, and Calvary covers it all. This lovely salutation that we have here from Jude. Jude, the bond servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James to them that are sanctified to them that are separated for the use of God sanctified by God the Father preserved kept by Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love Be multiplied. For his dear name's sake. Amen.